When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Debbie Delight, brought to you by ExpandTheBoxScore.com, with your hosts Ricky Valero and Chris Stoops, bringing you all the guys who should be on your fantasy radar this season and leading into your upcoming rookie draft. Welcome everybody to another edition of the Debbie Delight, brought to you by ExpandTheBoxScore.com. I am your host Ricky, and I am joined each and every week by my partner in crime and co-host Stoops. How are you, buddy? I am doing fantastic, and we we just touched base on uh, before we started recording here, and I I was just trying to figure out what I wanted to talk about this week in my random fact or my little you know segment here, um, and I went through what what I say two other things before I kind of stumbled upon this one and, and decided I'm going to talk about this. So it all started simply because of a tweet you sent out, and and something we kind of touched base on before, but it's this whole Heisman, you know, it's early in the season. But you basically tweeted out, um, and I don't remember the word, I should have pulled it up, but basically something along the lines of, you know, all these, these analysts and all these commentators of these games are basically just saying, hey, Jalen Hurts is the Heisman Trophy winner. You and I both love Joe Burrow. So I've only compared them to, I didn't look at, you know, a J.K. Dobbins, who's having an absolute stellar year, and, you know, other guys out there. Just look to Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts. So looking at it right now, if you look at Joe Burrow's stats, he is uh, 89 pass attempts, 75 completions, 84.3 completion percentage. That's that's completely amazing right now. 1,122 yards, 11 passing touchdowns, does have two interceptions, uh, 40 rushing yards and a touchdown. He accounts for 42 first downs, no fumbles. Um, the best opponent that he's played all year is number number nine at the time, Texas. You look at Jalen Hurts. 61 pass attempts, 49 completions, 80.3%. Again, very good number. 880 passing yards, nine passing touchdowns, no interceptions. So great there, but we'll get to another stat here in a second. His total offensive yards, um, 1,253. And I didn't say Joe's, I don't think. Uh, 1,162 is what Joe Burrow's currently at. So a uh, 91-yard difference there onto the Jalen Hurts side, a little bit more of an advantage. But 373 rushing yards for Jalen. Four rushing touchdowns also accounts for 42 first downs. And he has two fumbles lost. So when you look at it, turnovers it's a wash essentially joe burrow threw two interceptions jalen hurts has two fumbles cool first downs wash um and then you start looking at it jalen just has the rushing ability joe can run but joe that's not his game he is more of a a a pass first quarterback and he's he's just to me he looks more comfortable in the pocket um 
And then whenever you start comparing them, you know, for, for the Heisman, it is it's three games in. We're very, very early. There is still more to tell. But this early in the season, Joe has already played a top 10 opponent. Who's Jalen Hurts played realistically? Houston, I would have to say, is their best opponent that they've played so far. And Houston's not that great. I think I found on a website, I think it was actually CBS Sports, um, which, you know, everyone goes off of the AP polls. But um, I think Houston was ranked 49th in the net. So when you look at Houston and then Texas, like the, the competition is just not the same. So I give Joe the advantage there. And then also for me, and, and I said this off air, when you look at, at strength of schedule, to me, that plays a factor into who should win the Heisman. So looking at the remaining schedule, LSU currently, these are the current ranks. They can go up, they can go down. It, it'll, it'll change, I'm sure, one way or another. But LSU remaining schedule, they play number nine, Florida, number eight, Auburn, which that one will change because A&M and who is ranked 17th, who they also play, and then Alabama number two. The Auburn and, and A&M, those will change because they play each other this weekend. But nonetheless, still ranked opponents. That's four ranked opponents in the top 20 and three in the top 10. Oklahoma. They play number 12, Texas. That's going to be the game that I'm really going to be focusing in on for, for Jalen Hurts, see what he can do that game. And then they play number five, uh, number 25, TCU. Just not great opponents, you know, to be honest with you. So, yeah, Jalen Hurts may put up bigger stats, and, and maybe that's all that the voters are looking for. Cool. But to me, strength of schedule is going to play a huge, huge factor into it. And then to go a little bit deeper into it, because, again, the strength of schedule – I went back and looked at the two previous Heisman winners who just happened to be Oklahoma quarterbacks. And I also think some people are just so caught up in that aspect that they just want a third Oklahoma quarterback to win it in a row. Jalen can be worthy of it. I'm not taking anything away from him. But when you look at it, Kyler Murray, he played four ranked opponents last year. He played uh, Texas, West Virginia, Texas again, and then they played Alabama. Yes, that was a playoff game, um, but nonetheless still played a, a number one Alabama team. Baker Mayfield, he played five ranked opponents. Um, basically, number two, Ohio State. Number 11, Oklahoma State. Number six, TCU. And then a little bit later, they played TCU again. They were ranked number 11 at the time. And then number three, Georgia. So looking at that, Joe Burrow will have played five ranked opponents. Um, at the current moment, Jalen Hurts can be playing two. Maybe, assuming TCU even stays ranked. So... I've got stats just lined up here, but but the biggest piece that I'm just trying to get across is, is yes, Jalen Hurts has great numbers, awesome, but who has he played? And again, outside of Texas, you can also say, who has Joe Burrow played? I get that. But look at what he did against Texas. He just absolutely just dominated the game. What was it, over 400 yards, multiple touchdowns. Yeah, one interception, cool. Um, but turnovers are going to happen throughout the season. So right now, I would put Joe Burrow ahead of Jalen Hurts. Am I saying Joe Burrow is the leading Heisman getter right now in the whole whole college landscape? Not necessarily, but just whenever you posted that tweet and people came after you, like they <laughs> they came after you saying that you know, well, Joe Burrow, who he threw an interception. Uh, who did he? Who did? Who does he throw it against? You know, it's a nobody school. But they forgot to mention that Jalen Hurts also has two turnovers, two fumbles. Yeah, they're not interceptions, but they're fumbles and turnovers. So, it, to me, that's a wash. But it, they came after you, man. They came after you. Yeah, I, I think I triggered the fan base. And you know what? To be honest with you, uh, you know, I, like I said, I mean, my love for Joe Burrow is a, a very recent thing. And and watching that game against Texas, you saw a quarterback. 
uh, that that is going to produce in the NFL. And you're right. And you said this, and, and if I missed it, I'm sorry, but he could ultimately fall flat on his face against any one of these ranked teams, and he's going to take a step back. But we're not talking about three, four weeks from now. We're talking about right now, today. I was watching, I was watching that game, and that's all you heard. Heisman Trophy this, Heisman Trophy that, Heisman Trophy... And don't get me wrong, like, the guy's good. The guy has been impressive. But at the same time, we're talking about NFL-ready quarterbacks as well. But and, and he hasn't been that great. I mean, yeah, he's got a great completion percentage, but, I mean, he's only throwing the ball 20 times a game. I mean, that's mm-hmm. another factor that, that blows me away. I mean, guys like Sam Ellinger, he's not even getting talked about when it's amongst the top quarterbacks for the Heisman. And if you look at his stats, his stats are just as great as as – as as um hurt stats and even right up next to Joe Burrow. The big thing for me is Burrow what he's done in the big stage and the potential of what he's got. I mean Tua, I mean you can see him talk about Tua until you're blue in the face. The guy has 12 touchdowns, zero interceptions, but again, who's he played? You know what I mean? Like you could go on and on. The list goes on and on about all these other guys that you can talk about. It just infuriated me just a little bit listening to the game and and these guys get so caught up in the moment and and it's frustrating because that's all you hear about. When you turn on ESPN, it's not even talking about anybody else but him as the Heisman guy right now. And and you're right. Who's to say that there's not other guys that we could be looking at right now that could be in the running for a, uh, for a Heisman? I mean, Chubby Hubbard's one guy that you can think of. He's broke off two 200 games three and multiple touchdowns right out the gate. I mean, he's, he's got a 521 yards in three games so far. You know what I mean? There's a lot of other guys out there that have produced on a high level. I mean, who's to say, you know, Judy's not in the conversation. Judy's out here going crazy. You know what I mean? Again, he's not playing anybody, but there's other guys in the conversation. So stop making it about the one guy. Yes, the one guy's talented. Yes, the one guy has the ability to do crazy things. But he's not. I mean, 880 yards and nine touchdowns in the game. And yes, he's got the rushing as well. But even against South Dakota, you know, South Dakota, he only had eight rushes for 47 yards. So if you break down his game, you know, 14 of 18, that's not, that's not the be-all, end-all. You know what I mean? Like, it, he's there's other guys available that can win this Heisman. It's just not a closed, done deal. And that's the whole entire point of this entire conversation. And yeah, Jalen Hurt fans out there, come at me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and, and, and one thing also is when these schedules come out, obviously their schedules are set, you know, sometimes a lot of these games are set, what, two, three, four, five years out. So the fact that Oklahoma does have an easier schedule, that's not Jalen Hurts' fault. He just came in, transferred, you know, and, and it is what it is. He's coming into what was given to him essentially. So that's why I, when I, and you even said it yourself, you know, we're not taking anything away from Jalen Hurts. He's gone out there. He has done everything he should be doing, but it hurts him in the sense of he's just not playing anyone. So it's very early. Uh, we are not naming Joe Burrow the Heisman Trophy winner by any means. There are there is a lot of We're football not. left. But We're not. but I just wait a minute. I thought I no. was. I th- no, I'm just. Kidding. Oh, oh, you might be. You might be. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but I just I just find it so interesting that that and and you know it could also be. I hate putting words into other people's mouths, but it could also be the SEC hate because it's always SEC this, SEC that, just SEC over and over and over. So I understand that. But that's not Joe Burrow's fault. Joe Burrow plays in an SEC school, and he's putting up numbers. You know, just like it's not Jalen Hurts' fault of the strength of schedule's weak. But 
when the voters come around, you've got to think they're taking that into consideration. So it is what it is. But looking at the numbers, they're essentially they're essentially even is kind of where, where I'm getting at it. Joe Burrow has just played a little bit better competition um, to this point right now. So for them to for people to say Jalen Hurts is just miles ahead, like that's just not the case in my eyes at all. For sure, I agree 100%. So, there's, there's a lot of guys on the table that we could talk about that are in that conversation, absolutely. and it, it could it's not cut and dry. And yes, I am, you know, I have renamed my Twitter account to the Joe Burrow Fan Club <laughs> account, okay? I understand that. I am the leader and the president of the fan club, but I'm also a realist at the same time. There's a possibility Burrow goes out there and lays a couple eggs, and then I just take away, I'm not going to be president anymore. But, you know, for right now, this guy's climbing up draft boards, and he's been impressive. Um, 11 of 14 in the red zone with eight touchdowns. Come on. I mean, that guy has, he's got the killer instinct and he, and it's beautiful to watch, but let's enjoy all of these guys. Why can't we enjoy Hertz and enjoy Burrow? Again, the big thing that I want to take away from this is nobody's taking anything away from Hertz. It's just, let's stop like the crowning of the Heisman after three games because of this guy plays, you know, North Dakota state, South Dakota state and, you know, central Iowa state you know, slash Michigan State. You know what I mean? Like, it's 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 annoying and repetitive. But, yeah. I'm on the, I'm at the end of my rant on top of your rant there, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. On today's episode, we are going to fully dive into the Debbie stock market. We're going to talk about two guys that we think that, you know, two guys apiece whose stock is rising and whose t- stock has gone down after this week's action. I cannot wait to dive into this. We, um... You know, there's been a weekend of, it's been the weekend of injured quarterbacks. Philippi Franks went down, Ben Roethlisberger went down, Drew Brees went down. The quarterback situation has been murky, whether it's college or in the pros. And it's uh, it's kind of sad to watch these teams not go at full strength. But we're going to go ahead and dive right into our Debbie stock market. Stoops, I'm going to let you kick it off with your stock up guy of the week. So the guy that I'm going to start off with first is a wide receiver out of Minnesota, Tyler Johnson. He's been talked about, you know, pretty much all off season um, coming into it. He had a pretty solid year last year. So we definitely expected him to, to, to do very, very well this season, but he just started off pretty slow. He really did first week, three receptions, five targets. He only had 28 yards. Second week, four receptions, six targets, only had 71 yards. Did increase a little bit there, so we'll definitely take that. But this week, they played Georgia Southern again, nothing top-notch. Um, but nonetheless, he did what he should have done, and he he came came out to play 100%. 10 receptions on 12 targets, 83.3 catch percent, 140 receiving yards with three touchdowns. He had a 73-yard touchdown. Basically, it was one of the quick slant right across the middle, caught it, and he was gone. He was just he pulled away from everyone. No one was to catching him. He just he just blew 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 the defense away and, and scored that touchdown. And then he had a seven-yard touchdown and a two-yard touchdown. And honestly, that two-yard touchdown, um, if I remember correctly, was I think to win the game. So Minnesota did not not show up to play at all. Georgia Southern, you know, stuck around. But that two-yard touchdown was probably the toughest catch he had all game. He had to essentially jump over a defender, reach around him, grab it, and he pulled it in for the touchdown. So yeah, he got had he a got, phenomenal not to, week. Not to not to interrupt you there, but yeah, he caught the touchdown with a, a two-yard pass with 13 seconds left in the game. Yeah. 
So it was just a, it was an uh, insane catch. Um, props to him for that one because I can tell you right now I wouldn't be able to do that. But he's six two two oh five, so got some good height. Can, he's got some some jump to him. Um, he was only a three star prospect coming out of high school, and he was actually an athlete. So he wasn't even listed as a wide receiver. So he's definitely someone you can kind of move around. He does get some rushing attempts. Nothing nothing crazy, you know, just kind of some end around sweeps type of thing. But this last week against Georgia Southern, he just absolutely dominated it on the field. He had, he was uh, basically thirty six point. 36.6% um, of his yards for the whole entire team came basically were his yards. So he was a huge, huge factor in the offense this week for the season, 42.1 dominator percentage. Um, so he is a huge factor in the offense. So I'm glad to see that he finally got in, stepped it up um, and, and got the targets, you know, yeah, five targets, six targets in the, in the previous two weeks is, um, is pretty solid, especially whenever you've got, got some other guys around you, but to have 12 targets and bring 10 of them, Ten of ten of them down is is huge, and then obviously when you get a seventy three yard touchdown, I mean that's just you'll take that all day. So that he's my first guy. I got Tyler Johnson. Yeah, I'll to be honest with you, and I'll and I'll keep it short on Tyler Johnson. But the thing about it is, is he shows his ability to make plays because yeah, he broke off the big touchdown, but he also caught the touchdown in the red zone, which you know that's what you want in a red zone threat. You want somebody or a receiver as a whole. You want somebody that could take it the distance, but also produces in your red zone as well. Absolutely. The first guy that I'm going to talk about, my stock up guy is going to be the first guy is going to be J.K. Dobbins. Obviously, the four star guy at a five. He's five eleven, one ninety nine, running back out of Lagrange, Texas. I swear, every single player is from Texas. Like, well, any of the good ones, anyway. Don't let that go to your head either over there. I was going to say something, but I'll just <laughs> I'll just stay quiet. All right. Obviously, everybody knows Dobbins. You know what I mean? Dobbins is that guy. I mean, he's been consistent every single year. Freshman year, 1,538 yards from scrimmage with eight touchdowns. Sophomore year, 1,316 yards from scrimmage yards. 12 touchdowns. It's only improved. And to be honest with you, out of the gate already, three games, 458 yards, and five touchdowns. This guy is unbelievable. Yes, he was straight balling this weekend. Um, he did against, you know, obviously Cupcake Indiana. But for 193 yards and a touchdown, but also caught two passes for 14 yards and a TD as well. He's averaging 7.1 yards per carry, which is two and a half yards better per carry per game than he was last year. He's making the big plays. I love watching it. Um He's, he's slowly but surely skyrocketing up the draft board in the running back position, in my opinion. I think right now he was like the sixth or seventh guy, I think, on the big board um, when it came to um, the running back position. Uh, sorry, he's fourth or fifth on the uh, – and I think that he's he's slowly creeping up. I mean, Jonathan Taylor has been okay, and DeAndre Swift has, has, been just, has been okay this year as well. But I think Dobbins has the ability to kind of – make himself known into that second round, you know, second round situation, which would, I think would be ideal for him. Um, I would like to see, there's a few things. Um, cr- crazy fact. I figured I'd come with a crazy fact this week. Um, not only does he run a four 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 forty, which is obviously super fast. He runs a 409, 20 yard shuttle, but he has a 43.1 inch vertical jump. Okay. Which is massive folks. That is huge. The funny thing about that is, the only running back at the combine to ever reach that feat was in 2013 by one Christian Michael. <laughs> hey, there you go. Exactly. He's 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 known for something in the world, um, other than breaking fantasy football hearts. 
Yeah, um, that's true. He's a three down back. He's small, but he he's hard to come down. He's a playmaking ability. I would like to see him convert a little bit more in the red zone. He's got eight touches, two of them resulting in touchdowns. No, of course. Obviously, I like the fact that they're giving him the ball in the red zone, which is great. And but he's got to make some plays in the red zone as well. Um, it's not just his fault, and I understand that. Um, his touches obviously decreased by quarter because by the third and fourth quarter, this team is completely off the field, and because they, they play nobody. Obviously, I would like to see some more talent, and you know them challenge some actual teams. But it's, again, like we talked about earlier, it's it's part of their schedule. But uh, J.K. Dobbins impressed me this weekend, 193 yards, like I said, and then multiple touchdowns. So uh, he's definitely my stock-up guy this week. Um, he looked really great this week, and I look forward to seeing a lot more out of this kid. And I think he's on pace easily to suppress even his best freshman season for total yards and definitely for total touchdowns this year. Stoops. I completely agree with you. I mean, and I watched the game and he, he looked every bit of what we want to see from him. So I, I'm, I've been on board with him. You know, I love JK Dobbins, but I, I would agree. He, he, and I hate to say that he took a not a, he didn't take a step back, but he probably did get dropped down a little bit just because of what other running backs may have been doing, you know, For this sure. year, late last year, even into this year, but man, he, he's progressing every single week, getting better and better, higher numbers. It's just, he looks phenomenal out there and the, he's, he's getting into a rhythm and, and when, when running backs get into a rhythm and they're given the opportunity, it's scary what they can do. And he's able to catch the ball. That's, that's a big thing. He is able to catch passes and just make plays out of it. So definitely loved what I saw out of him in this past week. Yeah. These last two games, he's been unbelievable against, yeah, against Cincinnati, Indiana, but I mean, he's got over 344 yards in the ground. He's averaging almost eight and a half yards per carry in those two games. And he's got, you know, four, four total touchdowns. I mean, you can't ask for more of a better performance because we also consistently say on this podcast, look, when you're facing these cupcake teams, we need you to do what you need to do against these cupcake teams. You know what I mean? Like, you can't sit it out. We'll talk about some guys later that that are really frustrating me right now facing these cupcake guys, but this guy's t- doing the job against the teams that he should be doing the job against. Exactly. And that's, it's, it's great to see because, again, with how stacked – again, we say it every week, but with how stacked this, this class is, assuming these running backs come out, he's going to need to perform like he's performing right now. 10-4 agree. All right, Stoops, give us your second stock up guy of the week. So the second guy that I'm going to talk about this week, um, I actually have heard the name. His name's Ryan Hillinski, quarterback out of South Carolina. Um, again, that Debbie league um, that I'm in that's a little bit deeper. I actually did draft him in in a very late round. I don't even remember what late what round it was, but it was very very late. Again, with the chance that he becomes something, he's a he's six three, two hundred and thirty pounds, four star prospect. Um, he was the number two pro style quarterback in his class, number four overall quarterback. The three quarterbacks ahead of him: Spencer Rattler, Bo Nix, Jaden Daniels. Spencer Rattler will be taking over that job next year. I truly believe that. Um, obviously, he's got Jalen Hurts ahead of him. Uh, Bo Nix has already taken that job. Jaden, Bo Nix was, you know, a little bit of a. He kind of got pushed into it, you know, with some injuries. Uh, no, he won that job straight out, didn't he? Yep. Um, he won that job straight out. So I forgive me for that one. But Jaden Daniels again won that job. And then the quarterbacks that are right behind him: Graham Mertz um, out of Wisconsin, and then Sam Howell, who is almost one of my stock up guys this week. So kind of got him in there still, but not going to go any deeper than that. But Sam Howell looked good. But yeah, Ryan Helensky is my stock up guy this week. He had he had some crazy offer. I think he had over thirty offers from from big big schools: Georgia, LSU, Ohio State, Oregon, Stanford, USC, like you name it. 
he pretty much had offers from them. Um, his first start against Charlton, Charleston Southern, again, not a huge, huge school, um, went 24 of 30, 80% completion, 280 yards, two passing touchdowns and one interception. He had four rushing yards and a touchdown in that one. He did have a fumble. Um, so there's that. And in that Charleston Southern game, I know we're about to get to the Alabama one, but his first eight passes were to eight different players. So he's able to read the defense very, very well and go through his progressions and get it to the open guy, not just hone in on one or two guys and try and get it to him. He looks around and he's able to do that very, very well. He started 12 for 12 in that Charleston Southern game as well. So it looked very good in his first start. But the game that really impressed me was against Alabama. Yes, they lost. It's Alabama. And South Carolina is just not to that level yet. But he's a true freshman, and he went 36 of 57. So just to stop right there, the fact that they gave him 57 pass attempts, again, you're playing from behind. That's going to happen. You're going to pass the ball more. So I understand that. But to go 36 of 57 against Alabama defense, to me, as a true freshman, that looks very, very solid. 324 passing yards, two touchdowns, again, through one interception. Um but his passes were just on. They were just spot on. Um, one of the touchdowns, I, I don't know how it made it in there. If he would have thrown it or if the ball would have sailed two inches to the left, the right, up, down, it would have been tipped. It would have been incomplete. It, he just threw a phenomenally perfect pass. It was it was beautiful. Just to watch what he can do and what he did against Alabama, I can't wait to see what he does the rest of the season. He's got some some top opponents coming up. Um, here, here in a couple weeks, you know, he's got he plays at Georgia. That's going to be a huge game. Plays Florida. They play A and M, which I have admittedly said has a soft pass defense. They're getting better, but it's still going to be a test. It's an SEC opponent, and they're going to be in College Station, so it's it's a tough place to play. So that's going to be interesting. And then they he plays Clemson. That one is going to be a big, big task. We've seen the Clemson defense, you know, week in and week out. They. They they basically have have kept these these Clemson Tigers in the game, bailed out the offense on many many occasions, which I'm sure we'll we'll touch base on. But it's just you know he's got some some tough opponents coming up. Um, and one thing, and this is this honestly has nothing to do with the football side of it. But one thing I found interesting, I don't know if you heard the story. His brother Tyler Helinski, he was a quarterback at Washington State. He actually committed suicide. Um, I think a couple weeks after um, their the Washington State bowl game last season, um, he suffered from stage one CTE. Um, so basically, when Ryan Helinski was was going through and he didn't know he was going to commit to yet, whatever the case may be, well, they went and spread spread um, his brother's ashes out, and I think they said the Pacific Ocean. Um, he's from California, so um, they went out there and basically he he's they're a very religious family, so he basically talked to his brother, you know, prayed to him kind of thing, and basically he said his, his brother told him go to South Carolina. That's where I think the best fit's going to be. And again, how that went, you know, within the, the prayers, we don't know, but I just thought that was very, very interesting. His whole family actually moved out there with him. Um, his, his mom, his dad, and his brother all moved out that way. So um, it's just, it's a very, very close knit family and you can read articles on him. He's just a great, great guy. Um, very mature for his age, um, which is huge, you know, on and off the football field. He'll stay out of trouble. We hope, you know, when you start to get some fame, things can happen. But um, just a phenomenal kid. Um, and I wrote this in here and I'm going to go ahead and say, so a little PSA. I've done this on Twitter before um, and, and I'll keep it short. But if anyone ever has 
issues, mental issues, wants to talk, my DMs are open, you know, just reach out. Um, the worst thing you ever hear is that someone commits suicide. You don't know the reasons, you don't know, you know, what drives people to do it, but my DMs are open to anybody and everybody reach out. You know, I, I will answer you any, any opportunity that I can. So that's as far as I'll go into that one. But Ryan Holinsky was my stock up guy. Loved what he did against Alabama. Can't see what he can't wait to see what he does the rest of the season. Yeah, I agree with you, and I'll touch on that as well. Like, I mean, that that's the 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 show's DMs, Stoops DMs, my DMs. They're they're always open. Um, it's something you hate to hear, but it's one of those stories that you love and you want to get behind this kid 100%. You want to see nothing but success out of him. And he impressed me in that game against Alabama, and I really, really can't wait to see him progress throughout the, you know, throughout the season because that was his first true test mm-hmm. as a as a college quarterback, and he did pretty 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 well for. Uh, you know, a freshman coming into and playing Alabama played pretty well on Saturday. So I think he's got a bright future ahead of him. It'll be interesting to see how he progresses as the season continues. I completely agree. He, you know, and he made some throws. He's a freshman. He made those freshman throws. You yeah, saw them. Of course. But then those throws that he made, you were just like, is that a senior out there? Like, is he just, he, you saw both ends of it. So you're going to take it. He's a freshman. You're, but, pl- you're playing yeah, what, it, five to six NFL first, second round picks out there? Yeah. Too? You know what I mean? Like, it's you know that it, it, it's not like playing an NFL team because folks I'm going to be 100 percent honest with you the Miami Dolphins would still beat Alabama 65 to nothing okay but but man you're just trying to call everyone out you're gonna I bet you're gonna hear it for that <laughs> I agree I, I I agree I don't I don't know if that would be the score but well, yeah it, I don't you're either, you're, you're gonna you're gonna get some Alabama fans <laughs> I know I might the hate the slide slide into the DMs <laughs> for the hate too they're they're open DMs it doesn't matter it's all right come after me you know what I mean the Hertz fans are after me why not Alabama but exactly but honestly like those that's five or six first round picks on that team like it's yep. the same reason we equate to you know not to bring up Joe Burrow again but the same way we say the Burrow game against Alabama is going to be a true test of what he is as a quarterback. The same thing can be said about Hensky. Absolutely. My stock up guy, my other stock up guy this week is Michael Pittman Jr. And I really like this guy. Um, you know, 6'4", 209. He's got a massively big body. I, I really like it. Um, four-star recruit at a Thousand Oaks, uh, California. Um, he's played well in spite of his quarterback situation. And the quarterback situation over the last couple of years has been pretty rough for this guy. And I kind of feel bad for him a little bit um, based on that alone. But he's had to make plays. And this guy's a senior. You know what I mean? He's not being talked about a whole lot amongst the top receivers. You know, as we've said on the you know on here plenty of times, this is a loaded receiver class. Um, but Michael Pittman stood out to me this past week. He had a huge game this past weekend. He uh, caught, if I can get my stats up, he caught I think it was nine balls, ninety five yards, and two touchdowns this weekend against BYU. And to be honest with you, this BYU team is kind of sneaky good. It's weird, but um, I mean, obviously they beat Tennessee, which I mean wasn't nothing to brag about. But beating USC, that's a pretty impressive. Pretty impressive defeat as well, but uh, Slavis has stepped in at quarterback. He looked great against Stanford, but Pittman didn't benefit. But this week he did. Like I said, the nine catches, 95 yards for two touchdowns. I like Pittman. He's the big body that I was talking about. Um, Some team is really, in my opinion, some team's going to really get lucky with this kid. 
Um, I'm really big on him. He's a great blocker. He has very good hands, and he has a big, big enough body to create separation from uh, DBs. If he if he's going to sneak up draft boards, this is one of those guys that I would really strongly keep an eye on. He's not going to go in the first round, not going to go in the second round. He might go in third, fourth, or fifth round, but he's going to be a really good wide receiver two or three. In deeper leagues, that's going to be very key. Uh, a few key stats that pointed that lo- that really stand out to me this year. He's got an 87%, 87.5% catch percentage this year. He's caught 21 balls on 24 targets this year. I think that's massively, that's hugely impressive. Um, he's the go-to receiver on first down, first and 10. Um, he's got 11 targets, 11 of his 20, 24 targets this year, 11 of them have come on first down. Um, he's caught 10 of those balls for 114 yards and a touchdown. Um, two of those, one, uh, two of those catches also converted into first downs as well. So he's found early and often for this team. Um, uh, twelve of his uh, twelve of his twenty one catches this year have gone for eight plus yards, with three of them going for twenty one plus. Um, he's not; they're not looking for him in the red zone. But this USC team hasn't been exactly a red zone dire straight uh, this year. I mean, he's got two two targets in the red zone, one catch for a touchdown, which obviously is something that you want to see. Um, the biggest thing for me, like I said, he had the huge game this week, nine catch, and, and the, the two weeks prior he had been kind of quiet, six catches, eighty two yards. Six catches uh, for 28 yards in the first game against Fresno State. He is seeing the targets 8, 6, and uh, 10. Um, but I just like him. I do. I think he's a big body receiver that is going to really, really showcase his talents in the NFL if he gets put with the right quarterback. If you can see him with a pro-style quarterback, a good pro-style quarterback in the NFL, I think Michael Pittman Jr. will impress people. And he could slide up, like I said, wide receiver three, wide receiver two. Nothing like nothing groundbreaking. I, I'm not talking, we're not talking the best receiver in football or anything like that. I'm just talking about a guy that's going to fit into your fantasy rosters for years to come. He's not going to average, you know, he's not going to get 10 catches, 150 yards, three touchdowns. He might have weeks when he has that, but there's going to be weeks that he's going to catch three balls for 40 yards and no touchdowns. But Michael Pittman Jr. is somebody to keep an eye on in the later rounds of your draft heading into this offseason. He's a senior. He's got to come out. So there's going to be a lot of talk about him. We'll see him at the Senior Bowl, which I'm really excited about. And a, he's, a, he's a pro day and a very good combine away from, you know, shooting up some draft boards. But I really think that he's going to be a steal in the later round, Stoops. I completely agree. And, and, and when you mentioned seniors, you know, imagine Tyler Johnson and Michael Pittman. Both are seniors. Both will most likely be at the Senior Bowl. Um, that's just going to be so much fun to watch. And 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 Pittman, he's accounting for 14.3% of the team's total yards from scrimmage, but he's number one on the team in Dominator rating at 27.5%. So it's just he may not necessarily have as many yards as other guys on the on the field, um, but dude's making making he's taking advantage of every opportunity that he has. So whenever he gets the ball thrown his way he's catching it, you know? Yeah. There's three, three, um, three drops or three misses, whatever the case may be, but he's catching them. He's getting some touchdowns. Um, hopefully he, he can step up and get a couple more, but again, the, the QB play he's, he's already played with two different quarterbacks this season. So you've got to get that chemistry. So not his fault. He's going out there doing what he needs to do. And it's again, what he's going to do this year. is just, uh, it's going to help his stock. I think he's going to do just fine throughout the season. He's a, he's a rare talent that, you know, can just kind of jump in, do what he needs to do. So definitely excited to see what he can do. All right, Stoops, cook it, kick us off. I'll get it right one of these times. We're just going to roll with it anyway. Kick us off with your stock down of the week. So my first one that I'm going to talk about here is um, wide receiver K.J. Hill out of Ohio State. When you look at his numbers, it's 
to me, it's just a little underwhelming um, based on what he did last year through the first three weeks. So last year he had a hundred percent catch rating or a catch catch percentage through the first three weeks had 202 yards and a touchdown last season accounted for nine first downs. You come to this year, he's 13 of 15, still good. You know, we'll take it 86.7% catch percentage there. So, but only 101 receiving yards. He does have two touchdowns. So more touchdowns, but um, only six, six first downs. For him to just start off the season that way, um, it, it, it's just it's a little bit concerning. But what I've also looked a little bit more into, it comes down to the QB play. Um, Justin Fields is great. He really is. Um, but he runs the ball a lot more. Dwayne Haskins was capable of running, but it just wasn't his game. Through the first three games, Justin Fields has 114 rushing yards. Dwayne Haskins had 122 all of last season. So when you look at that, his number KJ Hill's numbers are going to be lower. He did have a very nice touchdown catch uh, this past week against Indiana. So definitely you'd like to see that out of him. Um, and again, as you said earlier, JK Dobbins, he's just killing it. He's absolutely killing it on the field. So he KJ Hill is my stock down this week only for the simple fact. He's not putting up the numbers that we expected, but it's not because he is, is lacking in the production aspect as far as you know making the most of his opportunities yeah we'd love to see more yards but when you only get two targets against indiana what really can you do you know what i mean um yeah he had nine targets against cincinnati for for eight receptions and 57 yards and a touchdown so that's a solid number there solid week but when you're only getting four targets against florida atlantic it, it, you know it's just one of those things and again they're up huge they're up big in these games so you really don't need him to play a lot so definitely hope throughout the season he's able to to step it up a little bit more get more targets and make more of the opportunities um but we'll definitely see what happens there but even with all of those stats there he is still tied for first um basically in in the on the team and targets um target share with 22 percent. so he's definitely seen the ball quite a bit it's just there's just so many weapons there to be honest like that's that's the biggest thing so yes he is my my stock down um but by no means am I saying steer clear of him. It's it's. I was listening to another uh, another podcast. Um, I think it was Destination Devi, where he's made the comment where yeah, a guy may not have have great stats right now. It's a great buy low opportunity in, in a in a Devi Devi league. You know that's a little bit deeper. He may he's, he's already drafted. He's already on a roster. Go talk to that owner and say, hey, what do you want for KJ Hill? You know, because he could probably be a little bit cheaper if someone's just starting to to worry a little bit more and, you know, say, ah, I just don't know if it's going to pan out, you know, long term, you know, what he's going to do in the pros kind of thing. So go talk to that owner, but um, definitely still try and get KJ Hill. He's he's an awesome talent, great hands. He can catch the ball very, very, very well. So definitely don't steer away from him. Um, but he is my stock down. And Big reason I expected a little bit more. Paris Campbell was there last year. He is now gone. Um, that's 97 targets that that are now open and available. 902, 992 receiving yards and 11 touchdowns. So yes, that's going to go other places, but that's just opportunities that are open now. And I was hoping KJ Hill would see quite a bit of that. So he's my stock down, but um, definitely hope to see see some some higher numbers come come in the next uh, couple weeks. Yeah, that's a big key for me is when we talk about these stock, guy, stock, stock down guys is understanding that we're not telling you to exactly to get them off your radar. We're just saying – we're basically saying what some of these scouts are going to say when they sit down and talk to these guys. What about this week? What about that week? You want to see consistency out of these guys week in and week out, and it's going to affect their draft, draft value. And sometimes that can 
affect where they're going to go, what team they're going to play for, or where they play. You know, what what part of the roster are they going to be a part of? You know what I mean? That's the big key for me as well. Because especially when you're drafting these running backs and wide receivers, these guys in the fourth, fifth, sixth round, they might not see a roster, you know, see the team for a, quite a while. You'll see them in preseason, but I mean, unless you're playing special teams a lot, these guys aren't going to be out there a whole lot. So we're trying to, you know, but at the same time, like Stu said, is if you're in these deeper leagues, these stock down, these are the weeks you trade for them. It's just like in fantasy football. Like, you know, you have a, <clears throat> you have a guy that wants to Juju, Juju Smith, uh, Smith Schuster right now. Obviously, um, you know, Roethlisberger's out for this year, after out for the year. So you're gonna have a Juju Smith Schuster guy that's like, oh well, you know, he's gonna give up on him. You know what I mean? Schuster yep, yep. is still gonna play. You know what I mean? He's still gonna catch balls. He's gonna still be targeted. It might not be this year, but it might be next year. You know what I mean? That's the that's the sort of stuff that Stoops and I are talking about here, which which would lead to my my first uh, stock down guy, and that's gonna be KJ Costello. On the Pac-12 episode of this uh, on a Pac-12 episode of the WLI, I talked about him. And I talked about how excited I was about KJ Costello, but this year he's really, really been disappointing. And I'll tell you right now, Stoops, with the with the run of quarterbacks right now, you know, with you know, we talked about him, you know, Jalen, you know what I mean. You, you talk about him, mm-hmm. and then you talk about um, Joe Burrow's stock coming up. You talk about some of these other guys' stock moving up, and even <clears throat> even Jordan Love from Utah State is getting all this massive love right now. These guys are starting to skyrocket up, and KJ Costello is starting to come down. This past week, it was a rough sledding for this guy. Look, I like Costello, okay? But this past week's game, he looked rough. And he missed the game due to the head injury. And I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know if we didn't see lingering effects from that this week. He played Central Florida this week, which, I mean, okay, Central Florida, Central Florida. I understand they're a pretty good team, but still. And they were national champions, don't you forget? (laughs) Yeah, I know. I remember that. (laughs) But but let's talk about the stats in this game. 21 of 44, 47% completion ratio, 199 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Man, that's 88.7 QB rating. He is he was just downright awful this week, and it was it was really rough to watch. I understand they're down two offensive linemen, plus the injury and stuff like that. In the red zone this year, he's one for six with a touchdown. That's brutal. On third down, he's seven for seventeen, converting only six first downs. That's really that's that's hard to watch as well. This is a, you know this guy. He's got no choice. You know what I mean? He's coming out. You know what I mean? He's 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 going to come out this year. And to be honest with you, it's. I I don't know I don't know what else to say about it because it's weird I, and like I said I I do think a, a big factor could be the injury but he is he's no there's no excuse for a 49 passer you know 49 percent passer completion against UCF there just there just isn't and and to be honest with you he's so he's sliding slowly but surely down my quarterback rankings which I'm gonna uh, reveal here in a couple weeks. But like I said, as these guys move up, KJ Costello is sliding down, and this is not a very good time for him to be sliding down. Like I said, with these other guys sliding up, it's kind of disappointing to watch because I think he's got the tools. I mean, the guy is six five; he's two twenty five. I mean, that's the perfect body, and maybe his slide does help him out in in the draft in the future. But with these guys rising and him going down, I, I'm not sure the outlook for Costello is as bright as it was a month ago. I, I agree with you, and, and especially going into the season, a lot of guys, um, just in, in regular fantasy leagues, not even not even Debbie specific, um, 
they're talking about KJ KJ Costello and and to see what he's done so far this season it's he is a he's essentially the true definition of a stock down guy I mean it's you kind of give him you know you love him right you go you, you absolutely love him he's one of your guys to keep an eye on so you go into week one he's kind of like oh you know you didn't do that great but I'm gonna give you a week Right. And then, you know, obviously he got hurt, you know, and then you're kind of like, well, I'm going to give you this week. And then he just he didn't do it. He didn't perform. So now you're kind of like, man, now I got to talk about you. So um, I totally understand that. And yeah, his numbers this year, he's just he just doesn't look right. Um, I, I have to think. And, and like you said, I have to think it's lingering effects because um, he's a very talented quarterback. I mean, he's super he's got the ability. It's super talented. He's just not doing it right now. So hopefully he gets healed up. Hopefully he's able to, you know, get get things right and, and get back out onto the field and, and really just start to produce at the level we know he's capable of. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. It's kind of it's kind of frustrating to watch because he, like you said, he's he's got the capability of doing it and and that's why I talked about him a lot because honestly, when I talked about Costello, like I talked about him up there with with Tua, with that with a Justin, with the Froms. You know, and I thought he was in that caliber, and I thought that maybe he was even on the level playing field with a, of a Herbert and a Fromm, and even Tua. Like we're not as high on Tua on this show as everybody else is, but mm-hmm. you know, he was on that level, and I still think that he can. Like we're, we're, I'm not taking away from him, but something's wrong, and it's it's concerning, which is going to affect his stock big time. Absolutely. Who is your next stock down guy? Oops. So uh, to continue that trend of guys that we loved, said keep an eye on, I'm going to talk about Ricky Person, running back out of North Carolina State. So I truly expected him to just take over the backfield and just be the guy. Would he be the workhorse? No, not necessarily. But I definitely expected him to do quite a bit more than what he's done this year. So he, this most recent week against West Virginia, 11 rush attempts, 52 yards, no touchdowns. Um, he did catch both of the the passes thrown his way for only two yards, though. So uh, didn't do a whole lot. Accounted for four first downs. So you like to see that. Um, I, personally, out of a running back, especially one his size being uh, 6'1", 220, someone's got a little bit of weight behind him, a little bit of height, good good size. So you want to see those be him be used on short yardage downs and gain those first downs. But just he hasn't been used um, – they have have and it's a true freshman running back uh, Zonovan Knight. He's been the one that's really stepped in and, and been the guy for him. So he's essentially taken that that job from Ricky Person very quickly too. Zonovan quickly gone uh, nine rushing attempts week one, 42 yards. Cool. Next week he had 18 rushing attempts, 119 yards and two touchdowns. And then against West Virginia, Zonovan had 12 rushing attempts, 72 yards and a touchdown. So it's just it's he's he's losing that job um, pretty quick. Ricky Person is so I'm I'm hoping he's able to turn it around. I'm hoping he's able to to make the most of his opportunities and and really, it's one of those things in college football where, you know, he, he'll probably still get his 10 to 15 you know rushing attempts roughly. Um, if he can break off two of them, you know, and, and finish the, the game with 10 rushing attempts, you know, for 98 yards and a touchdown and catch a couple passes, he might slowly gain that job back. But right now he's just losing it, losing it pretty quick. And who knows? Is it off the field issues? Like, I don't know. Um, I hope it's not, you know, but there's got to be a reason that he's getting less touches essentially than than Zonovan Knight is, who's a true freshman, who's pretty much just learning the system. Yeah, he's had the offseason. You know, he's kind of came in and, and once he got, you know, out of high school and all that stuff. But um, 
I'm just hoping Ricky Burson can turn it around because he's a guy I still like him. Um, but I, we said it earlier. He he is one guy that, that, to be honest with you, I have him in a Debbie league. And if someone came to me, I would probably entertain an offer. So I'm that guy where it's, you know, I'm kind of panicking a little bit, but nobody's came to me. So of course I'm going to hold on to him. He's not someone I'm just going to drop and get rid of, but um, he, it's a little bit alarming. You know, I really, really thought he was going to just step in and take over that backfield and he just hasn't done it quite yet. So, and they haven't really played much of anybody, you know, West Virginia is the best team they played and he didn't, he had the most rushing yards, uh, what he's had through the first three weeks, he had 52 yards, but it's just, you just want to see a little bit more. The good thing is he does still have a good yards per carry. He's sitting at 4.7, but again, Zonovan's at six. So he's just getting beat out in all aspects right now. So he's my stock down, my second stock down guy this week. My stock down is going to be a combination of two guys. And I'm going to be honest with you, Stoops, and we've talked about this. This Clemson offense right now looks like a shell of its former self. Um, this might be the year. It might be pre-year you know, pre -year jitters. You know, these last two games have been brutal. They aren't running the ball as much as I think they should. Um, it, it's just, I, it's hard. So I, my two stock, I actually combination of them is Travis Etienne and Trevor Lawrence. Um, Etienne looks bad, and and to be honest with you, I did see this before I came on. Uh, Etienne is dealing with a neck injury, um, right now as well. They're not a hundred percent sure he's going to play yeah. this week. Um, but his last two games, let's see here. Um, thirty carries, hundred twenty nine yards, zero scores, four point three yards per carry, which is almost four full yards below below his year, yards per carry average for his career. Um. These last two games have been absolutely infuriating to watch because these guys are so talented and just I, I, I can't explain what it is. And then on the on the Trevor Lawrence side, he sh you hit this on the head when we talked about it. It was just you and I. We talked about it is he has shown flashes flashes of being Trevor Lawrence, the, the guy that we expect to be that big body first round stud quarterback. But man, he has made some bonehead mistakes, and it has been brutal. Uh, for, you know, first game of the season, or the first game of the season, he was thirteen to twenty-three, hundred and sixty-eight yards, a touchdown, two picks against Georgia Tech, twenty-four for thirty-five, two sixty-eight, a touchdown, and a pick against Texas A&M. And I was, I was, I said this on the show, and I'll say it again: they lose that game against Texas A&M against any other team that has a team that has an offense. Yeah. Period. And this past week, his stats were a little bit better. Um, Trevor Lawrence's were where they were a little bit better. 22 39, 395, three touchdowns and two picks. Um, but I'm going to be absolutely honest with you. I watched two and a half, almost three quarters of that Syracuse game, and he looked awful. And this is mm -hmm. another one. I don't think, obviously, they don't lose to a Syracuse team like that. But if he throws two picks in the first half against Alabama, if he throws two picks in the first half against a maybe like an Ohio State, Oklahoma, or, or LSU, or Georgia, they're going to lose, period. They're, they're not going to – I don't know if they can recover from the two picks against uh, – uh, you know, especially on the on their own side of the football field. You know what I mean? These guys have been literally frustrating to watch, and, and, and I don't know what it is, Stoops. I don't. Because honestly – Etienne, he's got he's gonna come out, you know. So he's he's got he's gonna you know we've got some other running backs skyrocketing up the board. J.K. Dobbins, like I said earlier, uh, Jonathan Taylor's not going away. Harris is not going away. Akers isn't going away. So Etienne looks brutal. Lawrence obviously has another year after this, and maybe two if you really wanted to. I doubt it, but they've looked brutal. 
And their schedule, it's, 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 it's a cakewalk. If you look at their schedule, it's a cakewalk. It really is. They don't play anybody the rest of this year until they get to uh, potentially the playoff. But um, if this team lined up against Alabama today, they lose. They line up against LSU today, they lose. They line up against Texas today, they lose. I, I, I just, I don't have, their defense is amazing. Don't get me wrong. I was watching that game on, on Saturday against Syracuse, and these guys, it's, they, they, that's that's what's saving this team right now. This defense, they, they, the quarterback for Syracuse, I don't remember his name, but he had no time, zero time to, to, to throw the ball. He said hike, and he had three Clemson defense alignment in his face, ready to, you know, just ready to take, you know, steal his lunch money. He did, and that's what's saving the saving grace of this Clemson team right now is how fast they are to, at getting to the quarterback, and that was another reason why they beat Texas A&M as well. But the way their the, their capability of playing fast paced defense is really saving them right now when their offense has looked just pedestrian this year. And you you literally hit the nail on the head. And a couple of those interceptions that, that Trevor threw against Syracuse, one of them, he literally threw it straight to the guy. He I, literally <laughs> threw it straight to him. Like, how do you? How we do you were see we him? were texting you, during that game, and you were like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, "Exactly!" Like straight to him. Like, so. The biggest thing is is the defense, the, the, and that's why I said earlier the defense is saving them right now. You look at the 395 yards against Syracuse, you're like, man, that's amazing. He had the what 70 something yard pass to um oh my god, I can't remember his name right now, but he had a huge pass play. Yeah, and it was a two yard pass and a lot of yards. So and it was a two yard it, pass. It's just yeah, exactly. It's just one of those where the numbers are inflated because of certain plays. Now he gets the stats. I get that. And you, he's got to make that pass. But again, when it's when you, two yards, like Tom Brady makes those every single game and his numbers look like, you know what I mean? So it's just one of the, and I'm not comparing him to Tom Brady, but I'm just saying it's pretty simple to just dump the ball off and let someone else do the work. So, you know, yeah, it was Amari Rodgers and Amari Rodgers had a, that was an, a, there you go. That was all Amari Rodgers. A hundred percent Amari. It was beautiful play. I, I mean, I was like, oh my God. And it's funny because you said that because we were texting each other. And and you sat there and said you said that's wow that's gonna make Lawrence just like a million dollars you know what I mean yep. you know and that's true it did so it, you know and and I just I don't know what it is I'm with you I don't know what it is as to why the offense is is looking like they are and they're still putting up stupid amount of points you 100%. know what I mean so it's not like they're not scoring but this defense is saving them to where they give up they give the ball away you know on their half of the field. And the defense gets it back for them 90% of the time. So they save the points. So they've got to turn it around, especially with with the hype that is put behind Trevor Lawrence. Um, and he's capable of it. We say that week in and week out. And Travis Etienne as well. I like him a lot, a lot. But they're just not – they're not doing it to the level that we we feel they should be. They just look nervous, it almost seems. They look nervous when they're out there on the field and when they should just go out and play. They're the, one of the most – they are – they are arguably the most talented team in all of college football. I mean, you, you list those receivers, the running back, the quarterback, the, de- you know, we're not an IDP specific, so I can't name off any of the defensive guys, but you know that what four or five of those guys are going pro easy. So they, they've got to figure it out if they want to be, like you said, the Oklahoma's, the Ohio States, the, the Texas, the LSU's, if they want to beat those teams come playoff time, cause they're going to make it. They don't play anybody. So they got to figure it out. They got to figure it out soon so they don't run into that slump midway through the season. Agree 100%. Folks, do us a favor. 
seventy percent of the stuff that I that I use for this show now and the stats that I look up are used on the expandtheboxscore.com website. Um, that that college football tool is the most insane thing I've ever had. Played around with in my entire life. It's beautiful. I love it. I know Stoops does as well. Um, if you use the code, what is it? Stoops. Stoops, capital letters. Use capital letters Stoops. You get 10% off the package. They had the NFL one too, which I used this past weekend to play a little DFS. So that was a lot of fun. Folks, I won $10. I won $10 on mine. Did you? Yeah. Well, congratulations, buddy. Thanks. Not big money, but I'll take it. Exactly. $10 is a lot of money for us guys. <laughs> <laughs> Head on over to Twitter. Follow the, follow the Expand the Box Score at, at XTB Box Score. Follow Stoops at Stoops1990. Follow myself at Ricky Blair underscore. Follow the show at the Debbie Delight. And before we close the show out, real quick, Notre Dame of Georgia. Oh, man. Um... I'm uh, Georgia. I'm going Georgia because I'm a Jake. I love Jake from. I'm going with Georgia. I say Georgia by 20. Um, and I'm not kidding oh. by saying that. I don't think Notre Dame's very good. So I like Georgia and I like Georgia a lot this week. And I think that Fromm is really going to. I can't wait to see this game because I can't wait to see kind of Fromm in that big stage this year. Yeah. I, I think he's one of the best quarterbacks coming into this draft. So a lot of teams needing quarterbacks. I think they're going to get a good one from Fromm. But folks, thanks for tuning in. And uh, until next time, we'll talk soon. Later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.